Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hello, hello, and welcome to the new Mindset Who Dis podcast. My name is Case Kenny at Case.Kenny on Instagram, and this is my weekly podcast where I create short, no BS episodes dedicated to helping you be the person you're meant to be, leave your comfort zone, and live a fulfilling and purposeful life. Let's go. Welcome to episode 484. Hello, my friend. Welcome to a fresh new episode of New Mindset Who Dis. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And today I want to address a subject that comes up time and time again in my practice of mindfulness in the peeling back of layers of why in life. And it comes from my many conversations with people and the fact that I so often come across people who, looking back on their relationships, are frustrated with themselves, disappointed in themselves, or who blame themselves, who turn to unhealthy habits or make poor decisions or exist in familiar spaces of chaos in dating and end up asking themselves, why? Why am I like this? Why am I like this? Why do I keep making bad choices with partners? Why do I keep repeating cycles of behavior that I promised myself I'd stop? Why do I say one thing and do another? Why do I put up with XYZ when I've said time and time again that I deserve better? Why? Does that sound familiar to you? Any of this? Why am I like this? You know, you say one thing, you know one thing, you promised yourself one thing, but then you find yourself in familiar, unhealthy, one-sided territory time and time again, leaving you to say, why am I like this? And so it begs the question, knowing that I think we'd all agree that it's easy to sit down and very objectively say, I deserve better, or I won't do this, I won't return to unhealthy kinds of relationships or people, I won't put up with this. If that's the case, and I think you'd agree, you know, on paper, it's easy to say these things. Why then in life do we do the opposite? Why are we in a sense drawn to unhealthy love? Why are we in a sense addicted to unhealthy love? That's a very serious word. But I think you'd ask any therapist, and there's some validity to it. Why? Well, because really at the end of the day, no matter how we dress it up, no matter the excuses we make or the rationale we play out, we are drawn to unhealthy love in a sense. But why? 
Again, why? Why can we sit down and honestly mean it when we say we deserve better or that we promise ourselves we won't go back to certain people or that we won't put up with certain behaviors? Why do we do the opposite? Well, the reason that I come back to time and time again, and the reason that a trained therapist is really going to want you to examine is your upbringing. If all you ever knew growing up, if you had pivotal moments and experiences growing up or in your adolescence, if you've, uh, if you've allowed love to be defined by chaos and drama and ups and downs and highs and lows, well, that materializes in your adulthood in the way that we find familiarity and almost a sense of safety in those very circumstances. You know, I will leave the unpacking of your upbringing to a trained therapist. Seriously, I would really encourage you to talk to someone about your childhood and your adolescence. And I don't say that in a patronizing way or just a way to kick the can down the road here. I say that because as I've gotten older, in the face of younger case, who would have said, oh, you know, who cares? I'm an adult now. Whatever happens in childhood stays there. I've just realized how untrue that is. I think we'd all be surprised by how much we're carrying with us from adolescence, from growing up. And not just carrying it with us, but allowing those things to define ourselves in the present. And when it comes to the idea of unhealthy love and why we return to it time and time again, even though we know it's not right for us, in those instances, there's much to be said for how we arrived here in that we put up with drama and chaos in the present because frankly, and I'm not coming at you, but because you seek it out. You seek out those addictive highs and lows, those chaotic type relationships, because something in your upbringing led you to create a sense of familiarity there, a sense of safety almost there. And chemically, I have read that there is a sense of literal addiction associated with chaotic, emotionally tumultuous relationships. Your body is literally responding to cortisol highs and lows um, that correspond with seeking attention, receiving it, then hitting zero, and then starting over again. That like that kind of cycle is emotionally addictive, even chemically addictive. You know, and I used to laugh at a statement like that. Like I would be like, ah, if I hit zero, if I'm not receiving, I'm done, I'm I'm out. But I've seen it so much in life, and there is indeed a palpable sense of conditioning, addiction, of returning to safety that is emotionally defined by receiving and then losing and then receiving and losing and so on and so forth. And it's almost like we find safety in that pattern, especially if we learned it growing up. And that's a sense of safety. And But it's really the opposite of safe, of course, right? In that if you were raised in a household defined by chaos and ups and downs and inconsistency and lack of predictability and you know abandonment followed by connection, rinse and repeat, your body is highly in tune with those emotions. Emotions that make you feel certain ways, stressed or anxious or shamed or guilty, but then the opposite, connected and loved and then supported and then back to the opposite, right? And if that chaos, if that's what you've known, if that's what you knew and what you know in the present, you've established a baseline that you subconsciously return to, that you seek out because that's what humans kind of do. We return to what is familiar, to what we know, and we confuse what we know with what is healthy. And we know now, saying it out loud, that that's not true. But again, this is just what we do. We know that's not healthy, but we do it anyway, because it's what we've known. If the relationships you've known in life have largely been defined by chaos and drama and ups and downs, if they've been defined by abandonment, followed by resolution, and a cycle like that continues, well, you've probably established a baseline of safety 
that is anything but safe. You feel safe in that cycle because it's predictable and it delivers those highs and those lows. It's defined by stress. It's defined by a cycle of up and down and then bonding through the up and down, right? You associate bonding through chaos, bonding through abandonment, followed by connection, followed by abandonment, followed by earning love, followed by losing it, and then rinse and repeat. And so I think inadvertently that chaos is seen as safe by us, right? It's safe, right? Drama, chaos, we associate it with the familiar. That is drama. And, you know, it's defined by many smaller things, of course, but the drama, the chaos is that constant flux of connection and abandonment. Well, that can wreak havoc on us because it causes us to seek it out in the present, leaving us thinking, why am I like this? Why do I do these things? Well, we, and again, emphasis on we, because you are not alone in allowing an element of your past to follow you. So why are we like this? Well, I think the tough answer is because we allow ourselves to do it. We allow ourselves to be attracted to drama. The very thing that does not define a safe, consistent relationship, but that we've allowed to become subconsciously our guiding light, our definition of safe, healthy, familiar. And, you know, recently I've been reading and consuming a lot of content from therapists. You know, the holistic psychologist on Instagram is really great, and she's helped lay a framework for me to understand our subconscious mind and and chemical addiction here. And I saw a tweet of hers recently that said, if you were raised with cycles of emotional addiction, stable relationships or secure people can feel boring or unappealing. And I really want to highlight that because that's, I think that's a key here. I know it sounds crazy, but when we've all, all we've ever known is chaos. Anything that is consistent from the start, it can feel boring. It can seem, it could seem boring. And then in some sense, we end up self-sabotaging or just dismissing it and seeking out something that in our sense is familiar and is exciting. Sounds crazy, right? Like why would we seek out something that on paper we'd agree is anything but safe? Why would we do that? Why would we turn our back on something that is, is indeed safe? Hey, real quick, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And, you know, if you're like me, you're always wishing for more time in life, right? Like, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to do blank. I wish, I wish, I wish. And as much as practically having a couple more hours in a day would be cool, a bit more time to do what we love instead of jobs and responsibilities, it begs the question, what would we do with that time? Not just wishful, I want more time, but for what? What would I do with that time? What really matters to me? What brings me joy? What enhances my life instead of just filling time and space with? Well, to answer that question, I think therapy can help. Therapy can help you find what matters so you can do more of it. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash New Mindset today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash New Mindset. Hey, real quick, this episode is sponsored by Hero Bread. And something I'm into lately, as simple as it sounds, is toast. A nice toasted piece of bread, so simple, maybe some butter, maybe some jam, but just toast. It's the best. But as someone who is making an effort to invest in my health and fitness and diet, the carb fear is real. 
And the result is I don't get to enjoy a nice piece of toast as often or as guilt-free as I'd like. So I'm definitely grateful for Hero Bread. Their bread options have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams sugar, and it's high in fiber. It's got the same soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a BLT or a burrito or a burger or toast. And they were kind enough to send me some loaves and I can attest to it being the same experience I crave, but now guilt-free. They also sent me some tortillas, which are great. They have bread loaves, buns, biscuits, tortillas, anything to match your bread cravings. So don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code newmindset at checkout. That's newmindset at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Well, again, it's because we were influenced to this point. We are all victims of victims. We are all influenced by our past relationships, sometimes very, very heavily. And so why do we put up with unhealthy love? Why are we attracted to unhealthy love in the first place? Well, because we seek it out. We seek it out. And I know that hurts, right? It took me a long time to realize that because it's like, why would someone intentionally do this? Well, it's not an intentional thing we do. I've learned a lot about this from therapists, so I'll leave that statement there, but let's return to my style of mindfulness here, because I think we need to get practical. Consider the emotional addiction that perhaps you've developed. Perhaps what I've described here you very much relate to, and you're here at this point and you're asking yourself, why am I like this? Well, to my point, I do think we need to go through a process of unpacking why. We need to spend time journaling and therapy, breaking down the patterns that we allowed to become our definition of safety. We need to get to the root cause. But in the present, I think the most powerful thing we can do is reestablish our goal. Our goal with a partner, with a relationship, with love, and literally speak it out loud. Say it. Words are important. And in the face of decisions of who to date, what you're looking for, what you're putting up with, we need to vocalize and literally say it. We need to tell ourselves what we're looking for because otherwise we let our non-vocal subconscious take over and voila, the cycle repeats. So in the present, what are you looking for? You know, I, I think outside the specifics of what you want in a partner and all that jazz, you should be looking for safety. You should be looking for safety with someone, not chaos, not drama, not addictive highs and lows, not a cycle of abandonment, resolution, bonding, and abandonment, safety. Safety that is defined by the opposite of those things. Consistency, intention, honesty. No chasing, no 100 to 0 and 0 to 100. Safety, actual safety, a new definition of safety. So I'd ask you, what would a pure, real safety look like to you? Let's define that for ourselves right now, and let's make that our priority. Perhaps that is the key to escaping a pattern of our own conditioning, redefining safety, challenging ourselves to not return to a state of being, a state of love that is not safe. Safety, security, stability, whatever word you want to use, what does that look like for you? For me, I'd say it's a state of connection that is a two-way street, where words and actions align, where there is nothing that's negotiable, where there's no conditions that come with connection, where there's no fear of abandonment, where mistakes aren't held over your head or tallied on a scorecard, where there's no emotional manipulation or guilt. What would your definition be? What statements? Come up with a couple right now. What does stability, what does safety look like to you? That is your goal with a partner. It's not drama. And, and I think, again, old me would have scoffed because who would actively or intentionally seek out drama? But I think we need to remember that drama feels good chemically, if you will, but definitely emotionally. 
It feels good. That that hit of emotion, adrenaline, cortisol, the chasing of that emotion, getting it, having it, then losing it, but finding yourselves seeking it out again, ups and downs, having and losing and being lost in that process. A familiar process, especially if all we've ever known is that, or if we've allowed ourselves to succumb to it. Just because it's familiar, just because it's all we've ever known, just because the body likes it, it doesn't mean it's right, and it certainly doesn't mean it's healthy. And it sounds like a healthy thing to break free of, right? <laughs> well, if only our mind-body connection, our actions, and our mind were that simple. If only it was simple to break a pattern of behavior like that. So go to therapy. That's the long-term answer here. But in the immediate, use your words. Speak them out loud. Personally, I found that when I'm in a scenario where a decision has to be made, stay or go, is this okay, is this healthy or not, if I speak the question out loud to myself, right, we're talking about in a closed room with yourself, and I force myself to answer, that's very different from just keeping everything on the inside and letting my inside voice <laughs> rationalize it. Outside voice versus inside voice, because inside voice is what we've been describing here. It's conditioned, it's subconsciously wired and driven break free of it out loud. Say it. Ask yourself this question. Write it down. Is this aligned with my definition of safety? Is this aligned with my definition of safety? What is safe to me? That is the question. I think safety is the goal. That is the goal of a relationship. Amidst all the other things, of course, that are contained within it, but that shell of safety, that is the goal. Without it, though, without focusing on it, without redefining it from maybe what we've been taught it is, we will undoubtedly find ourselves repeating old habits and living old definitions of love or commitment or compassion, putting up with them. So that's the question. What does safety look like in a relationship? Are the decisions you're making in alignment with that definition? The answer to that question might be uncomfortable and it likely needs to be, frankly, in order to help you break free of your past. It might seem boring. The answer might be boring, but that is the problem in the first place, as I referenced the holistic psychologist there. Personally, if I had a nickel for every time I've spoken with someone, usually men actually, who say things like, why am I like this? Or I guess I'm just not meant for monogamy, or I'll never find a way to settle down, or I ruin every relationship, or I have the worst taste in partners. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I'd be rich. You know, it's like, why do you do those things? Because you allow yourself to repeat patterns. Patterns that were very likely born long ago in your life that have made you averse to, quote, boring. There's not something wrong with you. You're not broken in that sense. You've just learned something to this point, and you're allowing yourself to sit in that definition. But here's our chance to reset. Not boring, safe. We need to establish what safe looks like, or at least let's establish what safe doesn't look like. It could take a long time to really define safe for ourselves, but let's figure out what it's not. It's not a cycle of connection and abandonment, chasing and reconnecting. It's not a give and take. It's not a negotiation. It's not a, a circumstance where things are held over your head or staying or leaving. It's not chaos. It's not drama. Sure, there will be those things. There will be ups and downs in a healthy relationship. There will be moments of chaos in a healthy relationship. But what is the baseline? What is the expectation? If all you've ever known is chaos, it might be tough to define that. It might be tough to define stability, of course, but let's define it for ourselves in this moment. After this episode ends in just a minute here, define it for yourself. What does safe, what does stable look like to you? 
decide that you are stronger than any emotional addiction, any chemical addiction, anything that has been set for you. Decide that you are in control of what safe, stable, healthy love looks like to you. Not what you've been told, not what you've lived through, but what you decide in this moment it actually looks like. And then, in the pursuit of that, know that you are stronger than your inclination to return to what has always been comfortable. You are capable of saying this is healthy and this is not because I have decided it. Not because I'm robot mode, a victim to my emotional expectation. No more. Take your power back. Power that is yours and yours alone to draw a new boundary with others, yes, but more importantly with yourself. To say this is safe and this is not. And I'm no longer going back. I'm no longer seeking out. And I'm no longer tolerating unsafe, unstable love. So that's it. Just something to think about with this episode. I hope this was helpful. If it was, I'd be so grateful if you'd share it with a friend. It might be just what they need to hear right now. But that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting me. And until next episode, I'm out. had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes, the most legendary sauce has arrived. As McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's, the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your ten-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.